Hello, and welcome to Two Italian Women and the Stories We Tell with Erica Martin and Diane Bovolino. I think Diane had a brilliant suggestion of maybe explaining a little bit more about what empaths are, how we how we function, characteristics of an empath. So maybe Diane, do you want to take it from there? Yes. I first wanted to go through how do we define one, how do you know if you're an empath? So I wanted to go through a couple of signs that you could check off. If you feel this way, you could be an empath. So what we're gonna go through is I'm going to go through what the sign could be. And she might not know this yet. She's gonna give you an example Ooh. of what the sign is and give her an example. So she's going to Yeah, she's going to give an example from her life. Okay. Okay. So this way you guys can really, really relate it to your own life. Okay. So if you can feel, um, you feel you walk into a room and I'm looking at something right here. I wrote down some notes. I just want to make sure I don't, I don't um, forget anything. Okay, you, you walk into a room and you can feel the energy of everyone else. So say you walk into the room and you can feel that someone else is upset. They're, they're crying, um, tears are flowing or they're fighting with their boyfriend or their girlfriend and it starts to really upset you. You feel it in your heart center. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe, can you expand oh on that? Oh my God. So whether it's a large crowd of people or a small crowd of people or people even I'm close to, and I may actually know what they're going through. I'm like, we talked about this last time, like a sponge, mm -hmm. right? So I just like feel that intuitively and it's become really my work, my job to know like what belongs to me and what really belongs to someone else. And it's sometimes so hard to really separate those things. And so their anxieties may become my anxieties. So like the last time I could think about was um, Super Bowl Sunday, not this year, but the year before. And I was in this group of people that I did not know. And there was like tension between one or two different couples. And I literally like felt it. And it made me feel really uncomfortable and anxious. And so like, I didn't know what to do with it. Not that there was anything for me to do with it, but I kind of felt like I just had to instantaneously remove myself from the situation because I just was feeling it too intensely. And so that's like the number one sign that you're an empath. Yes. You just okay. feel everything. So that's one sign. Okay, let's go for another one. Look in here to make sure. Okay, this is so me. Frequent <laughs> need for solitude. Frequently oh. for solitude. You want to give an example? Like, so I'm in a relationship with someone who is like, go, 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 like more like type A personality, right? And so like, he almost never needs an opportunity for rest. Whereas I'm like, I've been around people all day. I've been around you all day. I've been around the kids all day. I feel like it's almost like unplugging your battery and allowing it to recharge, which a lot of people really just don't understand. They may take it personally or they may take offense mm -hmm. to that, but it's like, 
I draw so much from everyone else's energy that if I don't unplug and just like kind of go off to my own space and recharge my batteries, I'm good for nothing. Perfect. Three, are you an excellent listener? Well, you know, I'm a therapist, so I would hope I would be an excellent listener. At least that's what I strive to be. And whether it's in my professional life or my personal life, because I'm an empath, I'm always like very naturally able to put myself into other people's situations and really feel what they're feeling, even if I've never been there myself. And so that's a beautiful gift, but it's also pretty exhausting, you know, too, because you're experiencing it as everyone else is experiencing it. So I'm going to say, yeah, being a good communicator is absolutely in line with being an empath, at least being a good listener. Here's another another one that I knew I was an empath. Love of nature and animals. I love being, I need to be in the nature where I like take my shoes off, grounded to the earth and like looking into my dog Mozzie's eyes. I love I, so I, cute, by the way. Eye to eye. Like he knows my soul. I know his soul. Mm-hmm. That I'm sorry, but there's no human on this earth that I can connect with like I do with my dog. Same. I mean, same. And so I've even so gone gone so far as to like rescue animals. I've never not had a rescue animal, you know, and so there's just something. Although as empaths, let's be honest, I am. We tend to collect the wounded birds. Like there are people out there that we feel their sense of longing for connection or deep sadness or disappointment. And as empaths, it's kind of like, as it was explained to me, we're kind of like a beacon. We're kind of like a light. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people who are in the dark will draw toward the light, right? And so, you know, I've always rescued animals. They were always like abused or had cancer or a broken limb or whatever, but like they brought such love and, and understanding and unconditional love to me that like, I can't imagine not having that, to be honest. I can't imagine not having that. Oh, can I draw one more thing? Mm -hmm. There is a wonderful book called Empath Survival Guide. And so for those of you who have not read it, it's a wonderful guide. It's very simple, very straightforward. I'm so sorry, don't I want to say it's Melanie Beatty that wrote it, but I could absolutely be wrong. But it kind of guides you through like the hallmarks of what it is to be an empath. And when it talks oh, about like cool. naturally, you know, what we're drawn to or being connected, water. Water is one of it. So whether it's the ocean or a shower mm-hmm. or a bubble bath, like for me, when I don't have that, I feel naturally dysfunctional right? So it's like a bubble bath for me is almost like a washing off of the yuck of the day that maybe I take on energetically. And so if you're an Mm -hmm. empath, I'm going to say like one of the things Mm -hmm. that might be just a quirky thing about you is that you really just are drawn to water in whatever form that shows up. It doesn't matter if you can swim really well or not, Mm -hmm. because I just love to be on a cruise ship and hear the water Mm -hmm. and I'm not a very good swimmer, but it brings me peace. And to me, just being by the ocean, hearing the ocean, feeling the waves, feeling the sun. So that's a way in which we connect with nature that for those of you that are water-driven, 
There you go. And if we talk about a more spiritual path, there's actually reasons behind why we're drawn to water, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. Another one is, do you have unexplained fatigue? That's another because I know I do, but I'll have Erica's job is to expand on it. Well, I think when you think about it energetically and taking on everyone's emotions like a sponge, it's impossible for it not to exhaust you like mentally and physically. What we find is people who are empathic tend to have more autoimmune disorders, right? So for me, it's Crohn's disease. If you want to share or not, um, I, don't have, I have celiac disease, um, thyroid disease, irritable bowels disease. Right. And so what we also know between Crohn's and irritable bowel is that there are more neuroreceptor sites to our gut, to our GI tract, to our brain than anywhere else in the body. So when we feel things mentally and emotionally, they actually have a direct impact on our GI system, if that makes sense. So it's not unreasonable to think if you're an empath and you struggle with GI issues, it's just like really not learning how to navigate all that energy. So my, my acupuncturist who I absolutely love, and she's going to be on the show, um, was talking about imagine, and for those of you that aren't from this area, 695 is like the big thoroughfare that connects like Baltimore and DC. And so she says, it's like a traffic jam on 695. Right. And so our goal is to not constantly be truck stuck in like rush hour traffic, right? And to kind of like have a slow passage, like manage what's going through. So it's our reaction to the traffic jam as well as avoiding the traffic jam. And so knowing that the neuroreceptor sites in the GI tract are more connected to the brain than we ever realized, like having those two in balance is so really important. So neuro, so any kind of autoimmune stuff, which is inflammatory, which is like an overly sensitive immune system is really your body crying out saying, I'm an overload and this is more than I can handle. So rest, diet, sleep, elimination of a lot of like white sugars, gluten, like all these things that are inflammatory can have a direct effect on how we feel and live every day. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. By the way, can we agree? I think perfect poop should pick us up as representatives. What's it called? Um, peak bio boost is for those of you with GI issues. And again, I am not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not proclaiming to be, but there are certain just supplements and things that you can do to keep 695 moving in the direction it needs to. God, I never thought I'd be this person. Um, there's something called peak bio boost. You can get it on Amazon if it's appropriate, of course, check with your doctor. Um, but it's about like keeping things moving, not holding on or storing things, which as you know, as an energy worker, yes, like can be a physical manifestation of emotional stuff. So for those of you struggling with GI, you may need to look at the emotional stuff as well. Yes. Cause that's your root chakra and your sacral chakra, which we'll get into more on another segment. Absolutely. But another sign would be do strangers come up and just, you know, want to talk to you, share your problems? Because I know they do with me. My girlfriends are like, why are these strangers just talking to you? Why does everyone just want to talk to you? Mm -hmm. Because I'm an empath. Right? Uh, I mean, that's kind of self-explanatory. I mean, from the beginning of time, I was always the person, even in middle school, high school, like always wanting to be the person there for your friends. Although I have to say this. 
I'm proud to say this. I'm going to say this. That went kind of along with like fairy telling and not being completely honest. Because sometimes it would be so much to take on. I'd find myself making up excuses. Oh, not being like very forthcoming because I just couldn't take on anymore, but I didn't understand what was going on. So like, I don't know. I don't have any, I don't have a clear example, but especially in my younger years, like someone would be like, oh, I need this or I need that, or I need to talk about my problems. And I just might say like, I'm not feeling well, or my parents need me to do X, Y, and Z tonight. Like I didn't have the ability to do good boundary setting, which goes along with our Italian heritage, right? Because you don't say no. Uh, and I'm not proud to admit that, but that's just the truth as it stands right now. So I'd always be like trying, I didn't know it at the time, but I would be making up excuses, like escape plans to get out of situations that I just knew were too much for me, but I didn't understand why they were too much for me. Mm -hmm. And so now I can set that boundary and say, you know, I'm like totally overloaded with work or I got just too much going on. And those people who really understand and respect you are going to understand that. Those that don't, you may have to say, why is there space in my life for these people? Like, how much energy do I want to give to them? Can I afford to continue giving to them in the way I have? The boundaries are hard. Oh, very hard. They're really hard. I don't care how many books I read. (laughs) I could read for like weeks. (laughs) Codependent no more. I'm going to advertise that that book too. Codependent no more. It's a good place to start. I packed it up today when I'm packing for my move. Did you really? Really? It's a great book. Yes. But, you know, um, I don't know. For those of you who are interested in this path of self-discovery or learning more, I feel like I need to speak to codependency. And I think we'll do a whole segment on it because it's like too important just to say here. But if you don't understand what codependency is, let me maybe define it this way. Like you're an island over here and your better half is an island over here. And if you have like a gaping hole that you feel like you need someone else to fill that, it's probably codependent. So something we'll talk about more in the future. Yeah, that's a, that's a segment plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Plus, plus. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Anything else on your Let's list? See, another, of another one is um, a strong belief in humanity. Um, you have a, um, let's see, you're a natural born truth detector. You, we already talked about, you internalize people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, this is so me. I bet it is for a lot of you guys. You have a hard time handling the violence that you see on TV. I mean, I just... My, my fiance and I were looking at movies last night and these scary movies, I, I'm like, I, I don't want to see that. I mean, I, like, who, I just don't want to see that. It's so upsetting. Even if it's fictional, I, I don't want to see it. I can't handle it. For me, it's always the ASPCA commercials and like the Sarah McLaughlin singing in the background and the dogs like shaking in the cage. Like, I can't, I can't even spend like five seconds being exposed to that. And I think whether we're an energy healer, social worker, whatever, like our whole existence is really about advocating, you know, for people who are in situations, right. And 
and like feeling that suffering. I can't do it. I I, I can't do it. It just it takes a toll, even on Facebook. We can't take it. And I see all these things. And so part of part yeah. of our work though yeah. is saying it's more than I can take. Like knowing what you can tolerate, yeah. knowing what yeah. you can't tolerate, and like yeah. closing the door to that that just yeah. does not serve you. And then also remember that you're very intuitive. Mm-hmm. And then then key in to knowing that you're intuitive. But that's also something that, you know, listening into our channel, we'll be working on that with you. Absolutely. I think that's actually maybe the hardest part. Um, because I don't know, most of us that are empathic and are intuitive struggle with anxiety. It's just, it kind of goes hand in hand because we're feeling everybody's everything. Mm-hmm. And, and emotionally we're like sponges. So we're kind of absorbing. And so what I find is the hardest thing is trusting your intuition. And all of us, I don't care whether you're an empath or not you're hardwired with an amazing intuition like that intuition not trusting it has been more like pulse away ingrained or or have been kind of beaten out of you like don't listen to that part that part's not real or measurable for those of us that are more like left-brained right like we tend to like need to know factually right but our intuition's spot on you don't need to work for your intuition you don't need to think about your intuition. It's just there. It's like your honing device, right? And so if we can get out of the head and more into the body, which is so much of the work you do and I do, it's like, I'm not going to listen to the stories that dismiss what I'm feeling because, oh my God, we're so good at rationalizing, right? Like how many people or situations have you been in where you're like, you know, oh, I'm not sure. They seem so nice. I don't want to do this. You know, but statistically, they did a study. I want to say 2018, it could be long, 2019, but it was like, they looked at all of the people, women in particular, not saying it can't be men also, that had been victims of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And what they found is after they interviewed every person, they found that 96%, I believe, don't don't forgive me if I'm wrong, but like high percent, at least 90 something plus percent said they knew something was off, but they didn't want to be rude. Mm. Right? Like they didn't want to be disrespectful. They didn't want to make the other person feel bad. Mm. Right? So when you go back, I I use that as evidence Mm -hmm. that they knew. They knew something wasn't right. But however they were culturally indoctrinated, whatever their history was, et cetera, it was like, they didn't want to be wrong and potentially hurt someone's feelings. And so when you think about it from your own life, how many times have you done things? Uh, I'm guilty. I don't know about you, but we're Mm -hmm. Italian. So of course we're guilty um, of doing things that we knew weren't quite right, but we did them anyway. To please someone else. Mm-hmm. Right to not be to not want to say no or hurt somebody else's feelings. That's so where that people place exactly, exactly. So to me, when they did that study, I was like, oh, spot on, right? Like people were more afraid of trusting their intuition 
they were afraid to do that. They were more afraid to tell somebody no and be wrong Mm -hmm. or hurt their feelings. So something to think about. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else on your list? No, you got the whole list. Yes, you went through it all. So if you think you may be an empath, and if you're Italian or not. Or not. We're, we're the place to be if come, you're an empath come join us again thank you so much for welcoming us into your home into your living room please continue to spend COVID with us i'm erica martin diane bovolino signing up for today until next week see you later good night good night